I'm David W. Berner, and this is The Rider Shed. Hello, everybody. We've got a cold day in Chicago today, but it is uh, December 1st as we release this podcast, and um, it's supposed to be cold December 1st. We had some days in here that were uh, close to 60 and sunny, um, and those were lovely, but uh, this is more reality. And uh, this time around on the Rider Shed, I thought you would... Um, wait, I, I'm going to ask you to indulge me just a little bit here. I had a few people... Uh, ask me uh, through the website, um, why don't you take a podcast and talk about some of your books? Um, And I was very, very reluctant to do this uh, because it feels a little self-indulgent and all of that. But I think I'm going to do it this holiday season. This is a gift buying time, right? This is when we give gifts and books are always a good gift. And I'm not saying you should buy one of mine. Just buy a book for anybody, any book you like, any person you like who knows um, that they love books or literature, poems, whatever it may be. Um, but I did have some thoughts about my books. I recently, it just was a strange thing. I was asked how many books I had written, and I said eight. Um, later on, I was doing an inventory of some books that I have at the house, and I've written 11. So I don't know where I lost three books. <laughs> they're not lost. They're right here beside me in the shed. But uh, somewhere along the line, uh, I didn't make the calculations. I've been publishing books through a couple of different publishers, actually, since uh, my late 40s, my mid-40s. So it's been a while. But uh, 11 books is, um, well, I don't want to pat myself on the back. That's not what I'm trying to do here at all. But uh, I guess, you know, when you're, when you're writing and you're loving what you're doing and you love telling stories and you, you want to just uh, impart um, thoughts and feelings and meaningful things as best you can to other people, sometimes I guess you forget. And in a, in a way, I like that I didn't know how many books I had written because it's sort of a, you know, calculating what you've done is, uh, like I've said before, a little self-indulgent, Right. So maybe the fact that I forgot that I had written 18 books or, (laughs) listen to me, 11 books um, and thought that it was eight, maybe that says something about maybe this isn't so self-indulgent. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to justify the fact that I'm going to push my books on you a little bit here. But I was asked to do this and I thought it might be a good idea. So what I'm hoping to do here is kind of go through some of my books not for a long time here, maybe 20 minutes or so for this podcast, and and talk a little bit about where they came from and maybe even read a little bit. So my very first book was Accidental Lessons. Um, It is a memoir of a rookie teacher and a life renewed, and that's exactly what it was. It's a a year of of going back to a different... um, uh, What I loved, I thought I was going to do when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. I thought maybe I'd be a teacher... And I went back to it after a long, uh, many years, a long career in broadcasting and journalism. And um, it wasn't expected to do that. Um, I wasn't expected to go back to teaching, but I I got there by way of a scholarship program that I applied for, thought I didn't get, and then was told I did. Um, And it was uh, a contract to teach in a troubled school district just outside of Chicago. What I mean by troubled is not necessarily a dangerous school district or a dangerous school, but one that had uh, very low scores, difficulties with uh, students who were um, speaking different languages. And it was just a troubled school um, in terms of money, in terms of the neighborhood, all those things. So 
uh, I went back and I taught at Cowherd Middle School just outside of Chicago in Aurora, Illinois. And this, uh, that experience became this book, Accidental Lessons. Um, and they were accidental lessons. Um, this book, as far as publishing is concerned, uh, I had it out there for a long time, hoping to get it published traditionally. And uh, I, I, had no, um, I had no takers. Um, and that's not unusual. Um, but, you know, it, it does deflate you a little bit when you're out there trying to, to, um, to get your work into the hands of others. Uh, but then just as I was about to um, give it a rest, um, Strategic Publishing came forward and said they would publish it. Um, I'm, I'm really happy about that. I mean, it's not a big five publisher in any shape or form, but the fact that I was going to get my book published uh, felt really good. And uh, this book has resonated with a lot of people. And I only say that because I've been told that. Uh, I've been sent uh, emails and messages and um, people who are teachers and not teachers um, have liked this book. So it's a a year of teaching and a year of uh, really kind of um, upside down life. My father died. Uh, I went through a divorce, a difficult year in a lot of ways, but also a... um, a magical year in a lot of ways. Accidental lessons. Uh, maybe I could read just a little bit of chapter one here. Uh, if you don't mind, you indulge me a little bit here. Chapter one, accidental lessons. The very first student on the very first day of teaching barreled into the middle school classroom, spinning, eyes darting. What's up, fuckers? The boy, black-haired with wiry build and short for his age, clearly enjoyed the shock value but obviously had expected to unload this question into a room full of students. Instead, he got only me. Without eye contact, but completely aware of my presence, he bolted out of the room before I could reprimand him, question him, even say a word, then quickly weaved his way through the packed hallway. His body ricocheted off lockers, walls, and students, and I stood just outside my classroom door and watched as he spun and bounded back toward my end of the hall. Diego, shouted one student, and then another, and then another, all clearly annoyed by his antics. Diego laughed, almost maniacally, then grabbed a handful of the nearest girl's backside. Yeah, that was my first day. (laughs) Chapter one of Accidental Lessons. Um, The book that came after that was Any Road Will Take You There, near and dear to my heart. Many of these books are, all these books are. This is a a story of fathers and sons about a 5,000-mile road trip I took with a very good friend of mine and two uh, of my sons, my only two sons, Graham and Casey. Um, It's called uh, Any Road Will Take You There. And let me read just a little bit of the first chapter here. The first chapter is called Four Generations of Men. I was the teenager with the dog-eared paperback of Jack Kerouac's On the Road tucked in the back pocket of my Levi's. I can still see the cover, black with the title in white, bold letters, below a small square of blue and orange rectangles like pieces of a broken jigsaw puzzle. I'm sure the square was meant to represent modern art, a Picasso-esque painting. I found the edition in a used bookstore in Pittsburgh where I grew up, and I cherished it, held it tight to my chest. I so badly wanted to be Sal Paradise, the book's narrator, the character Kerouac, based on himself, and to do nothing more than get in a car and hit the road. Like Sal, I was a bit of a disillusioned young man, not a sour, angst-laden kid, but certainly one shrouded with uncertainty. I wasn't alone. Like most of my friends, I wondered if I was good enough, smart enough, handsome enough, and fretted over what in the world I was going to do with my life. 
There were innocent dreams of being a musician, or at least spinning the records I loved on the radio as a disc jockey. I wrote songs and lyrics, and I honestly believed, if I worked hard enough, I could write profound words, like Dylan, Neil Young, and Leonard Cohen. I played coffee houses and a few campus bars, but I was only acting the part. I was no Bob Dylan, not even close. But maybe like Sal Paradise, I too could find inspiration. Paradise wanted to write, and I wanted to compose lyrics and music that I would be proud to play, proud to say were my compositions. But instead of actually going on the road to find insight, I just kept reading on the road, writing in the margins and underlining passages, defaulting to what was on the pages instead of in the real bus stations, train yards, and on the highways. I was romanced by the book, but didn't have the necessary courage to live it. Still, there were sections that gave me shots of adrenaline and faith that I could somehow find my place in the world. Right from the beginning, Kerouac's words screamed out to me. At the end of the first chapter, he wrote about heading out on the road and finding girls and visions, believing this would help him find his way. Passages like that one throughout the novel gave me hope that I could someday put myself out there, allow the energy of life and experience to envelop me. And if I did, maybe life's jewels would come my way. Anyway, we'll take you there. Uh, a book that is about a 5,000 mile road trip. After I had found a unusual photograph uh, tucked away in a drawer in my mother's house, uh, it was uh, me as a young boy, my father, his dad, and my great-grandfather all in the same photograph. And I wondered why it was tucked in a drawer and not out somewhere for display. Well, that's part of the story. You'll have to read it. Any road will take you there. Uh, the book that came after that is there's a hamster in the dashboard, a bunch of essays that I wrote about living life with pets. Um, and um, it, it's a fun book. I'm not going to read every single one of my books here for you today, but that one is uh, a good one if you're a pet, um, a pet person. My piece of fiction that I wrote coming uh, shortly after that, first really piece of fiction was A Well-Respected Man. I had this idea about a man who uh, who goes away overseas to get away from his troubles and uh, something from his past revisits him and changes his life forever and a well-respected man um, I was happy to say won a, a number of awards and the one I'm most proud of is the Society of Midland Authors gave me a uh, an award for um, fiction adult fiction I always get a lot of flack about the ending of this book um, because uh, it doesn't really wrap up real nicely. kind of leaves a little space in there. A lot of people said it was set up for a sequel. Um, there was a book that came after that. It was called Things Behind the Sun. Uh, I wouldn't call it a sequel, but it is a, a companion book to A Well-Respected Man. So if you read A Well-Respected Man and you like it, you might also like Things Behind the Sun, which came after that. Uh, Consequence of Stars was a book I wrote about uh, essay, a, rook, a book of essays uh, about the concept of home. Uh, this story, these stories, very close to me. Probably some of the most authentic writing I think I've done, frankly. Um, you know, if I could say so about myself. Some of the chapters are called First Thoughts, The Street Where You Live, The Runaway, Apples in the Chimney, Angels, Ghosts, Gone. The Beauty of Blindness, about when I uh, got LASIK surgery and drove home and realized um, what it's like to really see the world. Uh, Cigarettes of Expatriates is about me being in Paris for the first time. Uh, Forever Memphis is a story about a, a road trip I took with my younger son to Memphis. 
Uh, we're both music lovers, and quite a trip that was. Um, and Navajo Nation is very dear to my heart. I had an epiphany, really, if you want to call it that. I know that word is sometimes overused, but uh, it felt that way. Uh, Navajo Nation. Um, I was in the middle of the Navajo Nation uh, on that road trip that I talked about that Any Road Will Take You There was about. And I uh, saw a double rainbow in the sky in the vast, beautiful uh, red and brown land. Um, so magnificent, so majestic. And I, I literally almost fell to my knees crying. And I'm still not sure why. I even checked to see if there was some ancestry to Native Americans in my background, but no, that's not it at all. But I do have an affinity for Native American spirituality. Maybe that has something to do with it, or maybe they're connected somehow. But anyway, Consequence of Stars, um, a number of essays. Some of them were published in other places. That, that book, again, is about the theme of home. What came after that was a book called Night Radio that I had always had an idea about. It's about a man who, uh, it's fiction. It's about a man who loves the medium of radio, becomes a star in radio, but really goes through a very troubled time. And uh, at the end of the book, he confronts all of the people that he has hurt in his life in a live radio program on a New Year's Eve. So I'll give you the little bit of the synopsis of the ending of that there, uh, uh, Night Radio. This book has a lot of me in it. It's fiction, but it has a lot of me in it regarding the my life in radio and how radio was such an influence in on me and on my love of music, um, on my love of storytelling, and a lot of that is in this book. If you, if you love radio, if you grew up with radio, if you grew up listening to the radio um, as a young man, as a young woman, and it meant a lot to you, I think this book will resonate with you. Uh, it's called Night Radio, A Love Story. What came after that was... Uh, um, um, a book called Walks with Sam, which is about my dog and the walks that I took during a uh, uh, one particular season and how the dog sort of opened me up to the world. Uh, it's um, about um, living in the present. It's about mindfulness. It's about uh, the connections we have with dogs and uh, how they let us remind us, really, that we are human. And uh, this book was a bestseller for Round Fire Books. I'm very proud of that. Uh, and I know this has resonated with a lot of people too. Walks with Sam, a man, a dog, and a season of awakening. What came after that was the book Sandman, which is my latest book. Sandman is a novella. It's a very, it's a short read. Um, it's only a hundred or so pages. It's a fiction about the story of a homeless man who finds his home, if you will, on a golf course, a municipal golf course, a public golf course, in a very sort of dreamlike way, befriends um, a young man who is a prodigy, uh, a golf prodigy on this golf course. And if you love golf, I think you'll like this book. But even if you don't know anything about golf, the, this book is really about how we live why we live, and the connections we have with others that may resonate for us through our entire lives. So it's called Sandman, a golf tale, short read. Really, if you've got a golfer in your life, I think they'll love that. Now, I, I, I saved the last one here simply because it's a bit a little unusual. I tried an experiment, experiment uh, maybe it was a year or so ago, on a platform online called Substack. 
I'd seen that a lot of great writers, one of my favorites, Patty Smith, was doing some things on Substack. And I decided to try to write an online novel and release every week a chapter. There are a few things I found out about that relating to publishing that I think anybody who's a writer will understand. Uh, it, it really doesn't work in this format online unless you are uh, writing suspense novels, mystery novels, something that pulls the reader in really strongly for each week. My books tend to be contemplative. They tend to be quiet, as I've been told. They're atmospheric in a way. Um, and this book is a quiet novel. Not to say that things don't happen. Many things happen. But they're not explosions. They're not murders. Um, they're not suspenseful. But they definitely have moments of conflict, moments of uh, clarity, uh, moments of uh, redemption. And this book, Rainbow Man, a novel, is about that. It's about an, a man who has lost his wife. Uh, he decides to take the trip that he had always wanted to take uh, to Spain. He goes to Spain alone and he befriends a younger woman there who has a very troubled and interesting past, almost a secretive past. And uh, they learn to redeem their lives um, together, separately and together while they're in Spain. It, it touches on, uh, on the struggle to find how to live after your world falls apart. Uh, it touches on grief and redemption and... It's a book that I really love. I love the story and I love the setting. I'm a, a lover of Spain. Um, and uh, I, I just, when I put it on the platform, Substack, I got, a, you know, plenty of good um, feedback. But it was not the kind of thing that really worked with this kind of book. So I put it out as a publication, as a handheld book, a paperback, which I hold in my hand right now. And I published it myself. A uh, little small press that I run sometimes and put out some work from other people called Writershed Press, as you can imagine. That's why we have the Writershed podcast, right? So it all kind of comes together. So this is from Writershed Press, and it's called Rainbow Man, a novel. Uh, this is a book that uh, hasn't sold a lot, I'll be very honest with you, because I think the platform uh, in its first rendition was not quite the right platform. But I love this book, and I've had a lot of good um, feedback. And I, um, this book, along with many others, actually, but this book particularly, I've done at a couple of book clubs. And it has gotten really, really good response from book clubs. It's really um, interesting how that all worked. So it was an experiment that uh, turned into this book that I love called Rainbow Man. So th those are my books. I, I don't want to belabor the point here, but... You can always find all of these books in your favorite bookstore. If they don't have it physically in there, they can order it for you. Of course, uh, if you want to use Amazon, you can. Um, I'm not a hater of Amazon, but there's certainly a lot of places to buy books that support uh, local. And I would prefer that you do that, but that doesn't always uh, that isn't always as convenient for everybody. So um, you can check out IndieBound and uh, Bookshop.org and find all of my books in those places. And I hope you'll read one. I hope you'll gift one. You know, if you're gifting a book this year, consider one of these 11. That's all I ask. And if, you know, if these don't meet your fancy, totally understand that. I'm not, um, I'm not expecting that to be the case. But I'd love for you to, to take a look and see if you like one of them um, and buy one for a friend, for yourself, for someone you care about, someone who loves books. Mm -hmm. 
Appreciate it. This has been another episode of The Writer's Shed. I'm David W. Berner. Production and interviews for The Writer's Shed always produced inside the shed. You can find out more about Writer's Shed Press at writershedpress.com and at The Writer's Shed on Medium. You can also sign up for our newsletter there and find us at Writer's Shed Press on Twitter. All the episodes of The Writer's Shed are available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.